rockzone.com. This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. The world has changed dramatically in one generation. Kids today are digitally wired, and one expert says it has literally changed their brain. It's the first generation that's been born with a mouse in their hand. Their brains are actually becoming rewired for multimedia. The way they think, the way they learn, is completely different than previous generations. Then, how can blacks achieve greater success and become game changers in their careers and their lives? We'll talk to a past winner of NBC's The Apprentice. The workplace is very much a competition where people compete to win. We've got to reshape the rules, and we've got to level the playing field that everyone has an equal opportunity to fulfill what is their destiny. Those two stories and more are coming your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. The program gets underway right after this. If you're a parent, you probably notice that your kids are growing up in a digital world, and most of them seem to love it. Our wired world may actually be changing the brains of our children in fascinating ways. Let's welcome digital generation expert Lee Crockett to the show. Lee, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Lee, you're director of media for the Info Savvy Group and managing partner of the 21st Century Fluency Project. You've also co-authored three books, Understanding the Digital Generation, The Digital Diet, and the new title, Living on the Future Edge. Lee, it seems there have been electronic devices around for generations, TVs and radios. What has changed in our present generation? Well, what's happened with our present generation is the amount of time they spend with these devices. It's the first generation that's been born with a mouse in their hand, along with the assumption that images on a screen are meant to be interacted with and manipulated with, that images on a screen aren't just for passive consumption anymore. And as a result of this digital bombardment, their brains are actually becoming rewired for multimedia. The way they think, the way they learn is completely different than previous generations. And it really has to do with the amount of time and the proximity to these devices. So this multiple streams of thought could be a good thing and also maybe not a good thing, depending on what you're trying to accomplish in your thinking. The thing is that it's not that it's good or bad. There is a place for both traditional linear thinking and for the simultaneous thought process of the hyperlinked mind, as we call it. There certainly is a place for both. The challenge that we run into is that traditional education is very much a linear delivery process. And kids these days are able to think way faster, process information way, way faster than we're delivering it to them. And as a result, they're getting disengaged, they're getting bored, and they're voting with their feet in mind and leaving school in unprecedented numbers. We're talking with digital generation expert Lee Crockett, and we're talking about kids growing up digitally enhanced. Lee, is this something that is limited to the younger generation, or can older adults harness this as well? No, actually, it's not limited to kids. What we've learned about the brain is that the brain is not stable like we thought it was. And I know that sounds funny, but, you know, for the longest time, we had this assumption that up until the age of three, our brains were developing. And after that, we had a fixed number of brain cells that would kind of slowly die off, except for that period in our college years where we worked really hard to kill as many brain cells as possible. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Sure. But the truth is, what we've discovered is that the brain actually is neuroplastic. It is constantly making new connections and pruning off old ones. And so measurable intelligence actually rises and falls throughout our life depending on 
the intensity and the duration of the stimulus it receives. So intelligence is not fixed. It changes throughout our lives. And so just like the digital generation has become rewired by their massive input with digital devices, adults can have the very same phenomena. And we see this throughout our lives when we learn a new language or when we start to study music or when we pick up a new subject or we learn a new skill. Our brains become wired for that and eventually it becomes a process that's very easy for us. Some kids have trouble with information overload. It just causes their brains to stall out. How can they avoid getting overloaded in this world of ours? You know, it comes down to balance, and this is true for all of us. When we do the numbers on information right now, we generate over 500 exabytes of digital data, and that's a big number that really is tough to picture in your mind, but let me put it into a picture that'll make sense to you. If we printed out all the digital information that we transmit back and forth across the planet every year, that would be 13 stacks of books reaching all the way to Pluto and back. Wow. That is how much digital information goes on. You have to think that we upload 720 years of YouTube video every day. So every day, you're another 700-plus years behind on YouTube. So the point is, Chris, you are never going to catch up. You are never going to be on top of the information. And what we need to teach these kids is that they're not going to be on top of it either. And this is one of the reasons that they prefer just-in-time learning. They prefer to develop the information that they need for the skill at a specific time. And really what's critical is that we teach a process of information management. We call that information fluency, where we have a structured process for accessing and analyzing and authenticating and assessing that information because information is everywhere. We are very close to a time when we're going to have the sum total of human knowledge available in the palm of our hands. So it's really important that we learn how to analyze this and how to disconnect from it when we don't need it. Lee, if we look ahead a generation or two, what will the next generation and the next be like if this continues? If you look backwards, it's only about 18 years ago that the Internet first appeared on the scene. And look at what it has become now. And as this exponential pattern continues, the kids that are entering kindergarten this year are going to be dealing with technology that will be measured in billions of times more powerful than the technology that we're dealing with today. The challenge that we have is that education is still focused on memorization. So we need to develop a set of skills that are going to allow them to deal with whatever the technology is because the technology will change. It will come and go. This phone will be replaced by that, which will be replaced by some new tablet, which will be replaced by something that goes under our skin. And, you know, really that's where it's going is that smartphones today are more powerful than computers were five years ago. And in another 10 to 15 years from now, we're going to see computers that are the size of a blood cell that are as powerful as the smartphones of today. So really what we need is a set of skills that's going to allow us to deal with this massive increase in technology. What about public schools? Are they going to be able to change to meet this new world and adapt, or are they stuck in the past? We deal with educators on a district and state level, both in the United States and in other countries around the world. And there is a challenge. Education is in crisis. You see, the consumer electronics industry faces a paradigm shift every couple of years. They are constantly in the private sector dealing with these changes. Now, there are two behemoths that have not had to deal with a paradigm shift in hundreds of years. One of them is publishing, and the other is education. And publishing now can no longer escape what's happening. People are self-publishing, people are digital publishing, and there is a crisis happening in the publishing industry, let me tell you. I know it firsthand. Mm -hmm. But the education industry is facing a similar problem where the structure of education now really hasn't changed much in three or four hundred years. It's really the same as it's been a teacher talking, students listening, rows and columns of desks. And there is a crisis, for sure. 
do I think that they'll be able to respond? It's to the point where they don't have a choice because what will happen is the private industry will innovate education out of business. And there is no doubt about that. Kids are voting with their feet in mind. 30% of kids are not graduating. And in 35 largest cities in the United States, over 50% are not graduating. So they're going to be looking for alternatives and education needs to be that alternative. There is such value in public school, but not in just working on the road memorization and regurgitation of information. Lee, what can parents of kids do to keep them balanced and also to maybe enhance this digital learning that the kids are doing? Well, the most important thing that either teachers or educators can do is to connect and to engage with these kids and to respect their culture and their tools the same way that we expect them to respect ours. You wouldn't hand a 16-year-old kid keys to the car without first making sure that they knew the rules of the road, had a license, and had some agreement about what was responsible behavior with that. Yet we turn kids completely loose on digital devices, and it's not the right way to do it. A digital citizenship agreement is a user agreement where you come up with an agreement between yourself and your child as far as what will be responsible usage. If we give you access, you are going to respect yourself, respect others, protect yourself, protect others, respect intellectual property, and so forth. And this becomes the agreement for access. Additionally, sit down with your kids and let them show you what they're doing online. Let them kick your butt at video games. It'll show them that you're actually interested in what they do. Take the computers out of the bedrooms. They should be in the living room where you can keep an eye on what they're doing. And there should be time off of all these devices. And this goes for parents as well. Sit down, have dinner together, turn off the cell phone. Nothing is so important that you're going to miss it. And you have to set that example and have an agreement with your kids as far as what time off will be and what time on will be. Well, there are three books that Lee Crockett has co-authored, and they are Understanding the Digital Generation, The Digital Diet, and Living on the Future Edge. Lee, tell us your website. The website is CommittedSardine.com. CommittedSardine.com. Lee, we want to thank you so much for joining us on InfoTrack. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. Next, Inside Secrets to Winning at Work and in Your Life. The surprising story from a winner of NBC's The Apprentice. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned.